The sun's going to come up tomorrow, but Kansas City is in full meltdown tonight after losing to the Buffalo Bills in extraordinary fashion. What went wrong? What are the few things that did go right? And what happens next? Tonight live with Matt Derrick from ChiefsDigest.com, our man from Arrowhead on Locked On Chiefs. From the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs, this is the Locked On Chiefs podcast. Welcome back in, everybody. Not the result that you wanted, but we're going to tell you why it happened, what the recourse is, and what is the fallout, because there is a bunch that happened post-game as well. We'll get to all of that. We're brought to you by Prize Picks today. That's uh, the best way for you to get into the easiest, most exciting daily fantasy platform in all of North America. Go to prizepicks.com slash NFL and use our code NFL to get that first deposit match up to 100 bucks. Do that now. We appreciate you being in with us live post-game. The pressures have concluded, and our beat reporter, Matt Derrick from ChiefsDigest.com, is with us. He's going to give us the inside skinny as we go through what led to this L and where the Chiefs go next. I'm Ryan Tracy, the founder of Rogue Analytics and Performance Consulting, NFL33.com, and RGR Football with my partner, Chris Clark of Chiefs Turner. We are here to give you information every day, everywhere, all the time, starting here on YouTube, where you can like and sub and hit the bell. And over on the audio platform, Spotify, Apple, and everywhere else, if there's a free podcast out there, you're going to find us on that platform. So welcome in. Hit the text line if you want to get extra information. It's 816-357-8781. Matt, we haven't seen a circus like this on the Kansas City sidelines in quite a while, and it wasn't just Patrick Mahomes and what happened post game. Chris Jones got into it with Joe Cullen earlier in the game. This was a frustrating loss for the entire roster, and I think bubbling up at this point – while it looks bad, actually feels like it could lead to a catharsis and maybe a turnaround. Am I being overly optimistic? I, I don't know. I mean, I, I keep feeling like that maybe this team has hit this point a couple of times where you feel like that if if it's been a, just an issue of being able to get up emotionally and, and being able to match the energy of the teams that you're going up against, you feel like that they've, they've had a couple of points where they should have breached that. And honestly, today was one of them. Um, getting outplayed last week at Green Bay, you know, especially from an effort standpoint, you know, put this team into a little bit of a, you know, self-search this week. I mean, there was there was no doubt that they were they were digging down. And I expected them to come out a lot more sharp than they did both offensively and defensively. And we didn't see that. So if this is what it takes to give this team an emotional kick in the pants, we'll see. Yeah, I, I've just been surprised that it hasn't happened to this point yet. But there is no doubt that was a bewildered and emotional locker room tonight. The thing I will say about Chris Jones and Cullen is you see players get on get in with their coaches from time to time. I don't think that's going to be a big issue here. I think that they both are pro professional enough. I think that they'll get past it uh, and going forward. Mahomes melting down on the sideline is something that I have never seen. Uh, I he absolutely lost it at the end of the game, and there's a lot that was talked about after the game as well, and in, in the you know the pressers. But you know, watching that play on the field, yes, Kadarius Tony is offsides, uh, yes, uh, it's a penalty, but so many blown calls. I mean, that you're sitting in there watching. You know, Von Miller was offsides the next play; they didn't call it. Uh, Jawan Taylor was called for a false start at a point and the Buffalo Bills offensive tackles are both taking off a half second before the ball snapped. I mean, there's multiple different things that you're going to be looking at in this game, uh, but it's it's really hard to see where they go from here. Yeah, and I think it was obvious 
obviously it was to me it was obviously multiple things i think that really set off mahomes at the end of the game and a lot of people i mean certainly you look back at it i mean it's two games in a row where an officiating call at the end of the game was a huge part of the contest uh and mahomes i mean that play that they made when that gets overturned with the Kadarius offsides call i mean that was a i mean I have, I'm speechless. I still can't actually articulate what happened on the play because that was freaking ridiculous. And as Patrick Mahomes said, I mean, he hopes to put it on, on Travis Kelsey's Hall of Fame reel when he goes in because that play was legendary. It, it, it's so frustrating that that's the play to wipe out because we're ne- are you, you're never going to see that again. That was just an absolute crazy work of art from Travis Kelsey and Kadarius Tony. Really quick, do you think that was designed, Matt? I, that's all I want to ask. I don't think it was, but I have <laughs> your opinion on it. Um, I, I guess I, I, I could uh, echo what Andy Reid said when he was asked if that was designed. He says, come on, are you killing Are you killing me? Next question. <laughs> okay. That's <laughs> what I kind of figured. I didn't, see the, I didn't see the pressers, yeah. but yeah, that's kind of no, what I there, No doubt that was Travis Kelsey working on his own, but that was a heck of a throw. I mean, if, if he'd thrown like that, throw. you know, what he's, what he's been given a chance to as a quarterback, that's, he'd get, that's he'd get more thing. chances. <laughs> whether that was Travis all on his own or whether that was planned or not, that, that's one of the things that I think is is the worst part about that is we've seen them hold plays back. We know that they have this, this stash of Christmas presents in a bag somewhere to pull out in the postseason. And it looks like they, they let something leak out. Maybe Travis did it all on his own, but that pass was too well thrown for it not to have been practiced, in my opinion, whatever. Oh, but that I, was I'm a pretty sure. I mean, oh. Oh, Travis has done that before. I just don't think there was anything that was planned, but I, I, I'm, I know he has done that in practice before. Okay, because that was pretty. I mean, we'll never see a better throw from him in our lives. So well done, Travis. Sorry it didn't work. Um, but it, that just felt like that was the, the worst part of it is like you've been holding back, holding back, and you finally let it loose, and something interesting happens that is unexpected and really shows the versatility of what this team has always wanted to be under Andy Reid and has been successful for a number of years. And this year the creativity hasn't been effective. But it works at that one point. We we also get that on particular in that last drive uh, where you had targets. Uh, Rasheed Rice comes comes back after having a, a play where a ball gets away from him uh, and has a bit of a redemptive kind of quality to it. I felt like that drive really summed up the frustration for this entire team in that you had the good sparks, you had the bad pieces, and in the end you just came up short on the, the bad side of a coin flip for all intents and purposes. Uh, yet again, it's setting yourself into those positions where you have to get to a coin flip. I feel like this was, again, a lack of discipline on a number of points. That drive just culminated in the fact that if you leave yourself in a position that you can be caught, you're going to be caught sometimes. Is there anything more to it than that, Matt? No, I mean, you know, to a degree, this this game was once again a microcosm example of the entire season. Why did they lose this game? It's a little mistakes. It's the penalties here and there that killed a couple of drives. It was a turnover on the first drive that gets you into trouble. Um, drops that absolutely hurt a couple of drives. That, the, those three things continue to haunt this team. And I have no idea why they have not been able to solve them. Because some of those things you think are absolutely solvable. At some point, I think it's become just a self-fulfilling prophecy that, you know, this team is almost just waiting till the next drops and, You've, you wait and you're just waiting until bad luck hits that you're almost inviting it. You're almost asking for it to happen. So I, I don't entirely get it. I mean, maybe after the season we'll we'll learn some other things and maybe there's some things going on behind the scenes, maybe some things that we don't know about from injury standpoints that suddenly will make a lot of things make sense. But 
it's still perplexing to me that this offense is struggling the way that it is. And, you know, once again, I mean, this offense with Patrick Mahomes, you give up 20 points to a game team like Buffalo. You think you're going to win that game most of the time. And once again, it's a game that gets away from them. And and there were a thousand little moments in which they could have won this. Uh, If the defense – you know, gets a little bit sharper early on. Um, don't have, you know, a couple of breakdowns on some throws to James Cook in the first, you know, couple of drives of the game. This is an entirely different contest. I'll tell you, after the Chiefs well down 14 to nothing, they the defense was nails. They played an absolutely great game and really got after Josh Allen. It's just unfortunate they couldn't have done it one drive earlier. Yeah, that's actually kind of how they usually start early in the season is they come out and they may have a drive or two where they're kind of – they kind of stink. They can't get anything done, and then they get to the point where they can get things done later on, and that kind of happened today. The one thing I will say, and I know we have a lot to talk about when we're getting into uh, the different penalties and the you know the the miscues by the Chiefs, but this is to Andy Reid. Why are you taking Rasheed Rice off the field on fourth down? He had two calls go into the game, and Rasheed Rice wasn't in there for either of them. You have to have him on the field. You, there's no reason not to have him on the field. He is a guy that has been making plays for you left and right. You have to put him in there for that situation. And we can talk about whether or not they should have gotten to four, fourth and 15, but you have to use Rice. You have to have him on the field in those types of situations. I'd have him on the field myself, but it's, it's, it, I, I would think that it's probably to Andy Reid's point of view. It's, he's thinking to himself. He wants to have veterans. And he wants to have experience out there. Doesn't want to necessarily put Rashid in a position as a rookie where there's so much pressure on him that then he doesn't make a play and it, it affects him. But I'm with you. I mean, to my point, I, there's not a, there's not a single down in which I don't want Rashid Rice on the field, even despite the fumble tonight. And I think he's earned that. What he's also earned is, is at times the respect of his quarterback. His quarterback doesn't necessarily have to earn that from everyone because. He had a meltdown, we will call it, at the end of the half. We're going to talk about that, what it means, and why that happened, and its impact on the ball game, as well as how they turn around from this. Where do they go next? Coming up right after this. And I want to tell you about our friends over at DoorDash. As I'm sitting here, right here, with my food ready to go after this show is over, I am starving, ready to eat. Uh, But DoorDash is the place to go. I did get my food through DoorDash. Uh, It was delivered directly to my door. Got it a little bit before the two-minute warning. Uh, So I'm a little bit hungry right now, but it is what it is. But if you use DoorDash, you can get up to 50% off, up to a $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order. When you download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCKED23, again, game went to the two-minute warning. I ordered my food. It was simple. It was quick. It got delivered to me, and I'm still sitting here waiting to eat it uh, as I was doing a couple other things after the game. But DoorDash got it to me quickly, and and I am starving, ready to eat as soon as it's over. Whether you want pizza, wings, burgers, or you want them to deliver some groceries, DoorDash is the place to get it. That's 50% off off up to a $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order when you download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCK23. Subject to change, terms apply. Don't forget to use code LOCK23 for 50% off up to a $10 value on your first order when you download the DoorDash app and spend $15 or more. Subject to change, terms apply. (laughs) 
as this game comes down in, in the emotional end of it, as we've seen the frustration come out, we see an altercation. The broadcast does a decent job of showing it, Matt. Obviously, you were there and have a better bird's eye view here. But it was intriguing to me that after it's all said and done and, and we see the callback on that impressive play, that it's the quarterback that loses it. Uh, certainly, Patrick Mahomes has been fighting against not only uh, the inexperience of his wide receiver group, but a number of other things as we go through the season, we're trying to progress and he's trying to get the support that he needs. For the first time this season, I, I really can't I can't point to Patrick uh, you know, being overly late with balls. I thought the ball left his hand well tonight. I thought he was generally accurate. I didn't see a ton uh, other than there were fours that were either short throws or, or behind the receivers. I felt this was one of his better accuracy games. And to not have his guys come through, I can understand being frustrated. I don't think the broadcast did a very good job of explaining what was going on. To correct us after having seen the pressers, Patrick Mahomes was not frustrated with his teammates at that that post game meltdown that they showed on the broadcast. This was something that was going on with the way the call was being managed as that drive was going on. Is that correct? Yeah, I mean, having really only one eye on the broadcast and, and seeing a little bit on social media, I can only tell you what I I, what I was paying attention to. A game and it certainly seemed like yes that the the frustration that I saw from Mahomes was directed at the official. He was still about the a couple of the calls. Um, I think you're right, Chris. I mean, I think he I think he absolutely saw Von Miller jumping off and thought he should have had a free play there. Thought he should have had a chance at the fourth down. Um, there's no doubt. I mean, he was absolutely fired up as they all were and completely befuddled by the offsides call on Kadarius Tone. Um, you know, like I guess I said earlier on social media, uh, this is literally the first time in my career where I've had players in the locker room coming up to me and what, what do I know about that call? What, you know, explaining it because they didn't really get an explanation for it. And I, I've never really seen that much. And, and Patrick was not alone. Andy Reid came to the podium and this was the most angry I've ever seen Andy Reid. I mean, he called it a bit embarrassing, then later called it an embarrassment for the league to have that call in that game that way. Um, and, and, and I, and I think that once again, it's the frustration of weeks in a row where a call, a bad call seemingly cost them. Now, whether it was a Kadarius Tony, I mean, bad call, I'm, I'm putting some words there because I think that Andy was more upset maybe than about the call with the fact that it's customary in a situation like that for the official to warn the code, warn player that they are lined up offsides. Um, now, it didn't happen that way. I can give you at least a little bit of insight. I, I did the pool report. It'll be coming out here in just a little bit. Um, but, you know, I was told by the, by the officials that, you know, that that was an egregious violation. And there's, there's no rule that they have to notify the player or the coach that they're lined up offside. It's just that, you know, to the coaches, it's customary to be done. But there's no rule that they have to. So the official kind of flips it over to Kadarius Tony and Andy Reid to say, hey, if Kadarius Tony wants to know if he's lined offside, he can ask, and the official will tell him. If Andy Reid or one of the coaches is concerned about the player being lined up offside, they can ask the down judge, and the official will tell them. And in this case, what they said was that it was an egregious violation because the down judge could not see the football because of Kadarius Tony, and that's why they called it. You don't look happy, Ryan, with that, that explanation either. That explanation so, is beyond the power of what should be happening from an official standpoint. 
the whole entire point of having the officials on the field where they're making those checks, whether asked or voluntarily realigning the player, is so that the NFL puts a product on the field that is exemplary in what it shows to its audience. And that is a problem with the continuity of this officiating crew that we've seen across the league this year. It's not Sheffer's crew this year. We're not trying to like pinpoint one person. This is a problem officiating across the league this season. And that's my problem with it is it takes away from the game. And whether Roger Goodell listens to this or not, I would love it if he did. But the shield is the shield and you protect it in every other way. You have to start looking internally. And I'll be an advocate for a minute. These refs need to be full time. You need to fix this problem because this shouldn't have happened tonight. You should have been able to let that score. And Josh Allen should have got it back in his hands and we'd have had a whole nother drive of excitement. And that's best for us as the audience and the media that cover it. No, you can go ahead. I just was going to say, I, I think that it's, it's a culmination of things and it's a culmination of calls. Uh, it wasn't just the offsides. I think that that was a big questionable call. Uh, you know, obviously, yes, he was offsides. Yes, I think the team admits that he was offsides. But as you said, Ryan, and as you said as well, Matt, it's customary to at least warn the player, warn the team. And to make that call with a minute left in the game is very questionable. But again, you go back to other things that they missed. The, the Vaughn Miller offside the next play you know, on third and 15. That was a missed call. Uh, you know, the catch of Murray, you know, how much more time did we Kansas City have had if Murray's catch didn't count? Because they would have gotten the ball back. Maybe they're able to do something in that scenario. There's lots of different plays in this game where the refs just basically miss things and it cost the Chiefs and it continues to cost the Chiefs. And it's funny because you go and you look at other people and you go look on social media and social media talks about how Kansas City always gets all the calls. I don't know how you could still be saying that after the couple of weeks that they've gotten in the past several. Well, and certainly some of the players. I know Jarek McKinnon, I think, just flat out said that the, the officials had it in for them tonight. Um, oh, yeah. uh, so, I mean, there was, there was a lot of frustration. I mean, certainly the Chiefs did not feel like that the officials were uh, favoring them tonight. And, uh, and, yeah, I mean, it's the second week in a row in which I think say that the Chiefs were probably on the – bad end of a couple of close calls or at least questionable and controversial calls i think you're absolutely right now where do they turn from this what can come from it we're going to talk about uh everything that went into this but i want to know about the turnaround we're going to get to that coming up next and right now i want to give you guys what i think is the most fun way to play daily fantasy sports and I actually did pretty well this week. I'm just going to tell you. I had Patrick uh, going over the 265-yard uh, mark, and, hey, he got that done. Everything else is kind of gravy at that point. But I do that over at Prize Picks, Daily Fantasy Sports' biggest platform in North America. It's the easiest and most exciting way to get your money on the line, uh, as you know that I like to do. Instead of battling thousands of players, pros and sharks and everything else, all you have to do is make it simple. Pick two to six players. They'll give you a number. Will they overperform that or will they under? Will you take the more or the less? You make those picks. You put them together on one single ticket and you have your entry. You can be done in 60 seconds. It is super fast. It is super fun. And it lets you make all the opinionated guesses that you want to make about players' performance, just like we do. Quick withdrawals are always in the mix after that 60-second entry. And it is the number one daily fantasy sports app available right now so go to pricepicks.com slash locked on nfl and use our code locked on nfl that's going to get you a first deposit match of up to 100 so if you deposit 100 they're going to give you 100 on top of that make sure that's at prizepicks.com slash locked on nfl and that code is locked on nfl all one word go to prize daily fantasy sports made easy 
And other than the quick wardrobe change, uh, I want to I circle back before we get to the bottom line here, Matt. Uh, from a personal standpoint, like you said, that locker room's a little bewildered and they feel a little bit uh, picked upon. And it's probably all there. From my point of view, when I've been in that situation and been in locker rooms where something had to, to alleviate that egregious feeling, it was the leadership that was able to turn those things around. And seeing Patrick Mahomes get more adamant than we've ever seen him before in going after the ref in that situation, I feel like that's actually a positive outcome from this game and should galvanize the rest of the locker room even more so than it has been before. And hopefully that allows everyone to be inspired to lift their level of output to not leave it in the hands of a referee again. Am, am I crazy or do you feel like they will rally around Mahomes even more? Oh, I don't think there's any doubt. I mean, that there, there will be a little bit of rallying there. It's just to me is the question, is it enough? Is it the final thing that's going to get this team over the hump? Um, I feel like that they had an opportunity for that to be the case a few times this year, and, and so far it hasn't been enough. So, you know, we will see. I mean, is this the final, you know, thing that's going to set everybody's pants on fire and get them motivated? Um, we'll see. I mean, will this be an angry team? I mean, I think it's kind of what we need to see. And and I talked to Travis Kelsey in the locker room about this on Friday. And that's and I think he was expecting certainly with one some of the I was getting from him um, because he said they were fired up about this one. I mean, there was a little bit of. Uh, I think lighting people up last week to try and, you know, more of a physical effort. And there was a lot of talk about how, you know, this team, this is when they normally start to turn it on. And and whether that's just an expectation based on years past, because this team has been so good in, in, in December and January in the regular season that they just feel like, hey, we know now time that we start hitting the whip and, and it's just going to come together. And maybe this team just, just doesn't know how to do that yet. Maybe it's just enough differences in chemistry and different people that they really don't have that, that, that institutional knowledge still. That maybe it's just not there right now. Um, I mean, there's no doubt. This team losing back-to-back games this way um, against, you know, take the, take the names away. Two 500 teams and one of them at home is really bizarre. I think it's I think it's right to be frustrated if you're a fan, and I think that the players themselves are frustrated because this is not what we expect from this team. But I'm, I it's it's we've reached a point in the season where you can't really say to me that in the case of, hey, you can't be up for 18 straight weeks when you're the defending champions. Um, but you know what, and that's why I. Going back to the 2021, I mean, this feels a lot like that team. And ultimately, that 2021 team, was it good enough to win the Super Bowl? Absolutely it was. But did it have enough flaws? Did it did it have the same fire that maybe they did the year before? I don't know. I mean, maybe that was the difference. Maybe there was just a enough of a Super Bowl hangover and enough of, hey, you can throw your helmets on the field and be the Chiefs and and, and just not being able to live with having the target on your back every single week that got to that team, because it certainly feels like you can make a case that it's happened to this. You look at this game and you look at what it means for Kansas City. They are now pretty much out of the shot, out of the chance of getting a one seed in the playoffs. Uh, but I think the realistic thing that you have to look at this game and say is that there's now a question whether or not they end up winning the AFC West. They're now only one game up on the Denver Broncos. I'm not going to say that they're going to lose out, but that's a big problem. You've given yourself no room for error going into the playoffs. And while it would stink that Mahomes would have to lose his streak of, you know, five straight games 
AFC Championship games at Arrowhead. Can Kansas City get to the, the Super Bowl this year still? Yeah, they can. They have the talent. They have to execute. The biggest problem, and, and this has been a problem that's been hampering them all season, you lose the turnover battle again. Negative seven for the season on the turnover battle. You're going to lose games if you lose the turnover battle on a regular basis. Uh, drops happen to be another issue today. Uh, and, and you can I, – I charted it. I saw two drops, two clear drops in my mind. Uh, whether or not that ends up being the case, we'll see. But, again, I didn't see the game until about probably the end of the first quarter because CBS decided to watch the uh, Browns and the, and the Jaguars. Um, so lots of different things to talk about in this game. Uh, penalties cost them, obviously. Uh, turnovers cost them and drops cost them. Uh, it's the same thing for the Chiefs every single week, and they are beating themselves at this point. If they want to win and they want to have a chance at the Super Bowl, they have the ability to do it, but they have to fix the mistakes. Matt, I'll put it to you this way. I don't have any problem with the upside with the pluses in this performance. If they can eliminate the negative plays, I feel like they're there. Obviously, the big ones, the turnovers, the penalties, and the, the drops in particular. But when you take a look at who had to play tonight, they were missing four starters tonight. Let's be real. Brian Cook goes to IR. A lot of, of changes on that line. Wani Morris gets a kudos from me. I can't give game balls today, but he gets a kudos from me. I thought he played a, a, a better performance than he gave the, the first week. I think he had more pass rush coming at him, and I'm comfortable with where he's at. There was a lot of players that had ups and downs. Jamar Connor makes the interception, also blew a couple of coverages. Um, Rasheed Rice obviously had the touchdown, had a pretty solid game, also had a drop. Uh, Kadarius Tony, I actually enjoyed the fact that they ran him between the tackles and it worked, and he was able to sustain that. Getting him north and south has been what I've been crying for for about, I don't know, 12 weeks. But from the, the running back position, I didn't expect that. But then he has a drop as well. It's just for me, if you eliminate the negatives, this team wins not only this ballgame, but several others that they've lost. And I feel confident going into the playoffs there. Is it just that simple to you as eliminating the negatives? I mean, I, I think it is by and large. I mean, once again, you know, the, the Chiefs have seven penalties, Buffalo four. Um, some of those penalties absolutely killed some drives. Now, Buffalo did the same thing. But again, I mean, on the Kansas City side, even one of the defensive penalties absolutely hurt them. But they, they kind of got away with it because if the Chiefs had won this game, my goodness, would we be lighting up Sean McDermott and Josh Allen for the most egregious handling of the clock with two minutes left in this game by by throwing the ball three times and running 14 seconds off the clock when they could very well have just run it down all the way with the Chiefs running up, burning out their timeouts and not being able to stop the final time. If they picked up a first down running the football, they could have just won the game right there, and nothing after that happens. Um, yeah. Buffalo tried to give this ball game away, and the Chiefs couldn't take it from them. And, yes, I mean, to a degree it is that simple because – you know, if they turn the ball over one fewer times, if they commit, you know, maybe one fewer penalty at the right time, certainly Rasheed Rice doesn't fumble or, you know, he had a drop that was problematic too. I mean, once again, I mean, yes, if you, to me, if you cleaned up all of those, just one of those, each eliminate, eliminate one of each of those, I think the Chiefs probably win this game. I mean, it is that close, but the other thing about this that, that, that's just really surprising to me is that, once again, how, how many times this year have the Chiefs gotten the ball late in the game with a chance to control the outcome of the game and put it away and win it? And have, has, a, has a magic not been there? And that's always been there. I mean, this team has always had that ability that 
you know, you feel like if they get the ball with less than two minutes left and need a score to win, they're going to do it 90% of the time. And right now, I think if – I mean, I, I'm watching this, and I feel like that when the Chiefs get the ball that's left play, I, I, my confidence is probably down to about 10% now because this this team right now isn't getting it done. And it's that's something that, once again, they used to do. They didn't used to commit turnovers like this. They didn't used to commit drops like this. They didn't used to commit penalties like this. They also used to come in the clutch, and that's the other thing they're not doing. So, interestingly enough, three of their losses that I can think of off the top of my head – Fourth and 25, fourth and 25, fourth and 15. It's the inability to even get anything to put you in a situation where you have something that you can convert or feel good about converting. Uh, I don't think anybody, any coach is going to feel good. What's the percentage of, of time that they're going to expect that they're going to convert fourth and 25 or fourth and 15? What, less than 10%, 5% maybe? I mean, with Mahomes, it's probably a little bit higher, but you're putting yourself in those situations. Uh, and it's the same thing we've talked about with some of their short yardage stuff. They continue to get themselves in bad situations, whether it's on first down and, and getting any completion, or if it's on second down and getting a run that's not going anywhere. Uh, you know, you get into third and longs and you get into fourth and longs and it causes an issue. I can't argue with you at all. I, I want to give one more kudos because I do think that there's a way forward here. Um, this is probably the happiest I've been with a Clyde Edwards-Alaire performance in quite a long time. They ran a lot of power blocking for him this week. That's what he needs. When they get Pacheco back, I think they can continue with the zone and the power. This is a team that, in my opinion, Matt, after all this, in the situation that Chris just outlined, where in years past, 4th and 15 was not a concern. 3rd and 25 was like, ah, sure, they'll have to do something, but they'll get it done. That doesn't happen now. This team has to win ugly. They have to run the ball. And this is another position where having Clyde Edwards-Alaire and when you get Pacheco back, I think they have to be leaned on a little bit more than they have been. Tonight was one of those nights that Tony did get a couple of carries, but you didn't get your primary ball carrier that magic 15 carries. And I think that was one of the problems. 17 total, it's right on the edge there. If they double down on that, I think that's part of the way forward. Uh, I'm sure that's probably not what most fans want to hear, but I think that's a way to get it done. Really quick, Matt, did, was there any injury updates tonight? Uh, no, none to speak of. Uh, the only injury that Andy Reid mentioned was uh, Justin Reid coming out then going back in. So according to Coach, nothing to be concerned about coming out of this one. Okay. Well, hopefully they can get Drew Tranquil back next week. I think that would be a huge help for this defense. Uh, I think they really missed him early in this game. And if I can add real quick, now that it's official, I can talk about it a little bit more. But Please. as I mentioned earlier, the uh, dis my discussion with the officials uh, with uh, Walt Anderson, is the NFL senior VP of officiating, and Carl Sheffers, who was the referee tonight, um, the explanation on the Kadarius Tony offsides call was that ultimately, if the if the receiver or the coach ask for uh, alignment advice, they will give it. But there's certainly no requirement that the official gives that warning. And this is a quote, if it's egregious enough, it would be beyond a warning. This is from Carl Jeffers. So really, regardless of whether or not he was warned at other times during the day, if it was an egregious alignment to where he was over the ball, whether he had warnings or not, it would still be a foul. So that was their conclusion that it was an egregious alignment offside. So that's why they, they flagged him. And and Ryan, so you'll enjoy watching it on a slow-mo replay. If you want to go back and look at the Latavius Murray catch, um, Walt Anderson explained it at the replay review determination was that he had control of the football when his third step occurred. 
So that is if you want to you want to freeze it and look at it, then their ruling is that it was a catch the moment that his third foot hit the ground because at that point he had control of the football. And because he lost control afterwards, that was irrelevant because the ruling on the Even field though. was that I mean, and because the rule on the field was that it was a catch and a fumble, and they did confirm that it was a catch and a fumble, and then because it went out of bounds, they returned it back to the spot of the fumble. I then I also asked about if that play had been determined the other way, if it had been ruled incomplete and Buffalo challenged, and while they said they would not get into hypotheticals, the answer did indicate that they would go through the same process, which to me indicates that Wait, I read it, at least parsing it, and I'll let you all make your determination if you want to go to my, my Twitter feed and X feed and look at it yourself. Um, I think if it had been called the other way, I think they would have let that stand on the field too. So, yeah, he never had control of the ball, so that's a very frustrating play. Uh, he was pulling it down, trying to pull it in when he lost it, so I don't see how they call that control, um, but it is what it is at that point. Your mileage may vary. <laughs> Mine certainly will. I'm going to drop it at that point because it's not going to do us any good. But Matt, thanks for being here with us uh, post game. I know it's it's dark out there early these days, so it's not midnight, but it's definitely late. So thank you. Appreciate it, guys. And folks, just like that, if you would like sub and hit the bell here on YouTube and join us on Spotify and Apple, you can get all the information. 816-357-8781 is the text line. You want to get there as well. Check out the Locked On Sports feed as well it is 24 7 you can get all this information you can watch me rant again and with that i will leave you in the words of bill belichick we are on to the new england patriots thank you and have a good night